Deputy Hawk. If I'm ever lost, I hope you're the man they send to find me. May the wind be always at your back. Drop it! Duncan and Bo come correct. Welcome back, everyone, to Duncan and Bo go to Twin Peaks. Uh, it is I, one of your faithful travel companions, Bo. And with me, as always, is your other faithless travel companion, Duncan McLeish. Nadine Smash! Jeez. Oh, God. There, there is a weightlifting scene involving Nadine in tonight's discussion. And that might be... I don't want to be trapped between those thighs. Dear God. She does have a, a bit of a Xenia on a top kind of vibe to her. <laughs> and I'm a Bond girl! Um, so we have that to look forward to. <laughs> I so badly want to see the Bond movie where Nadine's in it now. So why didn't that not happen? Well, why, there's still time. There is but, still time, ladies and gents. Let's make that happen. She has all the characteristics. She has all the characteristics of a perfect Bond girl, in that she is super strong. She has a patch over one eye, and fiery red hair. Mm-hmm. Everything else is wrong. But those things are totally right. <laughs> Coma finger. Um, <laughs> you know it. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a big hit. The, another track for the James Early record. Um, which we get plenty of James Early, too. Uh, oh, oh. In the second episode. and it's Not in the first one. Yeah, but it's it's quality James where he is completely unaware of what's going on around him so <laughs> he's, he's taking his he's taking his, his mission to find laura on the road <laughs> right of uh, just like i don't know if you if you watch silicon valley um but on that show there was recently an app that was supposed to identify food but it could mm-hmm. only determine between two things either an item was a hot dog or it was not a hot dog <laughs> and that is the James mindset. You are either Laura or you are not Laura. Those are the yeah. only two people kinds of people that you're gonna run into. Uh and with like both of the people who look like Laura dead now, it's it, it it's a tough road. Uh ahead well, of it really is. It's 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 a it's a, a mission with no no end really. Right. No it, happy end. It, it's James's Vietnam. <laughs> a draw then yeah, yeah it's, it's a draw <laughs> they whooped your hands real good all right i think we've used that we, we did yeah all right i know but you know sometimes as john please you can use it as many times as you want right yeah it's like uh being the butler in uh fable two or three one of those mm, which a, john cleese was a joke that i don't get uh well somebody doesn't play video games um someone doesn't play video games on xbox uh true you should play fable 2 fable 2 is really good i'm not buying an xbox you don't have to buy an xbox i think you can get it on pc i don't play pc games either on a mac sir oh well fuck microsoft fuck you bill gates yeah enough money to fucking you've got enough money to pay someone to have the fucking to, to, to physically walk through the White House 
like in a Robocop suit, decapitate Trump and bring you his head, and no one will do fuck all. In fact, if anything, you'll be heralded as a god, Bill Gates. All right. That went uh, off the rails quick. Right, it, anyway. It really did. <laughs> okay, so uh, for those of you new to the show, uh, welcome. <laughs> Don't start here. Go back and listen to the good episodes. This could be the best episode we ever have. <laughs> like they might be getting Lies, I love it. We don't know yet. Like this could be like you're getting in on the ground floor of the best episode by listening to this one. Um <laughs> so uh I didn't realize I was podcasting with Sean Spicer. <laughs> look, it's uh, the people understood. The right people understood what I was saying there. <laughs> and the rest of <laughs> you that don't have to. That gives what day we recorded this. Yeah, um, the Kofifi day. Kofifi. <laughs> Kofifi. Um, God, what a <laughs> fucking train Turns wreck. out when you ask a barista for that, they don't give you coffee. I was quite surprised. They just give you a, a look of disdain and disgust and then ask you to leave. Right, and then they voluntarily give up their health care. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's all part of the grand plan. Um, so before I was so rudely interrupted by distractions, because again, if you're new to this show, one thing that we do not tolerate around here is tangents and, and distractions. No, we're always in course. Always All in course. Laser focused. Some have called this podcast. Yes. So precise or too precise. Um, yes, we are. We are almost too, too laser focused on Twin Peaks to to actually talk about the show. Um, but we'll get to that. So on this show, we present a spoiler-free traipse through the, uh, the, the season, we're currently season two of Twin Peaks. Um, we are on episode 10 of season two. And honestly, if you haven't watched Twin Peaks before, uh, episode 10 of season two, perfect place to start. <laughs> Well, it's in a weird way. Uh, like strangely enough, we have closed out a chapter that really took a season and a half of a story arc, which is now closed, and now we are kind of on on some level picking with pieces and starting anew. Um, so, so you are kind of right in that. See, when we say spoiler free, I just want to just want to say when we say spoiler free, we spoil the episode, but only the episode that we're talking about. I.e., both me and Bo have seen all of Twin Peaks. Um, so what we don't do is in the middle of this episode say, and then this character comes in, FYI, this character ends up this way in seven episodes. We don't right. do that. We stick to our episode. We get through our episode. Occasionally I get confused. Bo calls me out about it. People start mentioning it on the Facebook page. Fuck the lot of you. I've got 25 podcasts. Let's do this, Bo. This is episode, episode 10, which means after this episode, we still have... 12 episodes <laughs> 12 episodes of the new season to get through. Uh, sorry, this season to get through. And then a movie to get through. And then we can officially, officially start uh, decompacting the brand new season. 18 hours, David right. Lynch, Mark Frost. But <laughs> if you want to count it this way, we have six weeks before Firewalk With Me mm. and then the new season. So, uh, and then after that, uh, we're going to start in on MASH, and we're going to do every episode of MASH, followed by The Simpsons, and then Gunsmoke. So, you know. We're not going to lie, one of us may die in that time period. 
Uh, and it's going to be me. Let's be honest. Um, I lead a very unhealthy lifestyle, mostly because of all the drug running. Um, or as many people have noted, uh, drug drug running is, is kind of uh, frowned upon, you know, as a uh, as a job description. I yeah, like to drugs are bad. Okay. Yeah, I, I like to think of myself as a clocker. Um, slinging that yayo. <laughs> yayo. Um, it's interesting you mentioned drug running. I, I loose connection to, to to this week's episode. Yeah, that yeah. Not so loose. Both no. episodes. Uh, I say I like yay it. for like yayo. It. That's what my T-shirt says. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> But before we get to tonight's episodes, he says skating over that terrible joke. Um, <laughs> we are going to uh, to catch up a little bit, talk about some uh, some stuff that we've been watching. Um, and I have been uh, in the past very stingy about going first. Um, so let's keep the the ball rolling uh, as we began last week. And and Duncan, uh, why don't you tell me what you've been watching, uh, and then I'll. I'll you know, clean it up afterwards. Oh, it's very kind of you. Um, I watched a little indie movie called Hymns of Love from Australia. Australia, Australia, Australia. Yeah, we, we, we can say Australia like that because we now officially have a podcast on Legion from that country. So this is true. We can, we can now make references to that and not be considered racist yeah the sun never sets on the legion empire duncan no but we're, we're, we're almost fully represented by all the continents not quite but almost we yeah we need to get asia and um south africa america. south america uh south america is a country sir i believe my american <laughs> <laughs> education has taught me at least that much uh, i don't know if you can podcast from a favela but i'm fairly sure you could try <laughs> i absolutely so, you could yeah so i watched hymns of love which is uh now you said you were going to watch this i don't know if you ever got I, a room to watch i it. have not watched it yet instead i watched terrible movies which was a mistake <laughs> Which is, like, par for the course on this show, really. Um, In fairness to me, didn't know they were terrible when I started to watch them. I'm fairly sure that when we get to the names of them, we'll we'll quickly establish that they were always terrible movies. You just (laughs) just give them the benefit of the doubt. (laughs) What was the name of that one again? What was the name of that movie you watched? The name was just awful, but you thought, I don't know why, you thought it was like the paranormal. What was it called? Oh, the Ouija Experiment? Yeah, the Ouija experiment. You were like, oh, this sounds like a good movie. No, it sounds like Shetbo. No, I, I don't think I ever said this sounds like a good movie. I think that I have said this sounds like something I would watch. And those are two yeah, well, entirely yeah. different things. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I, I checked out Hounds of Love. Um, really, really well put together, tense, atmospheric, kind of serial killer drama. Um, I mean, it's definitely a, it's been lumped in as a horror movie because of the serial killer subject matter. It's not. I would, I would, I would struggle to put it in that vein. It's definitely got more a kind of a dark drama thriller sort of perspective, a bit, a bit of psychological terror in there as well, and um, which I know sometimes tips over for you know. I would not, I would not 
argue with someone if it ended up in their, their top five horror movies of the year, for example. Um, looking at the greater genre, for example, I would probably include it in there. Uh, but it would more lie, in my imagination, along beside something like The Green Room, which is definitely genre, but not horror. Um, I, I thought it was fucking incredible. Um, beautifully shot, incredibly acted, um, very tense, very atmospheric, and with a, a central villainous character who genuinely got underneath my skin um, in a way which few serial killers as of late and, um, you know, the depictions in movies have been able to. Uh, I tend to find myself, you know, because I have I, I've read a lot into to, to kind of serial killer and psychopathology and all the rest, I tend to find myself saying, well, you know, he's no Ted Bundy um, or something like that. But watching this one, you know, I, I was struck by the kind of very tense feeling of realism throughout the movie. Um, it's incredible. You should check it out. It's a, it's a very high recommend for me. Very lucky in this country that um, Arrow Video are putting the movie out. Um, or I think it may just be Arrow Films are putting it out. They've picked out as one of the, the many movies that they're putting on this year, including the new Makey movie as well, which I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I thought it was an incredible movie and it's a high recommend from me. What have you been watching, Bo, and why did you pick bad movies? All right, well, I didn't like I said, I didn't do it on purpose. There was one one of the movies was suspect, I will grant you. Uh and that movie was The Great Wall, which is the uh <sighs> Zhang Yamun, who is a brilliant filmmaker, uh yes. in my defense. And the it, Matt Damon movie. The Matt Damon uh slash um the guy who played uh Oberon in uh Game of Thrones. Oh um, yeah. It yeah. was in it as well. And it's really bad. It's a really bad movie. Um <laughs> it like there's a good movie in there, but all the Matt Damon stuff is pointless. Like that movie should have been like a straight up Chinese production and and it it probably would have been okay. Um, you just didn't need his character. His character was pointless. But there, there were some pretty things that happened in the movie. But uh, so the movie I wanted to mention um, that wasn't crap. All right, so here are the movies I watched that were real disappointing. So within three days, I watched The Great Wall. I watched Patriots Day um, because of the Memorial Day holiday, and also I keep forgetting that Peter Berg can't really direct a movie, and. <laughs> And Jack Reacher never go back. Oh, it's such a fucking bad movie. I see. I like the original Jack Reacher. I, I didn't even like. No, it was too cheesy for me. It, it was, was kind of cheesy. cheesy, but it was it was it was sort of a fun action movie, and that's all I was looking for out of this. So the only thing Jack Reacher has going for it is uh, that one of the actresses' name is Colby Smulders, which is a great name. That's uh, pretty cool. Other than that, it, it's kind of a garbage movie. Like, they go to the extent of having the, oh, does he have a kid now? Which Married with Children only did in the final couple of bad seasons. So, like, the first sequel out of the gate, uh, they go straight to, oh, but there's a kid now. Everybody likes kids, right? And I'm like, fuck kids. So, uh, and there's also, there's there's no action in that action movie there really isn't there's a whole lot of running though yeah there's a lot of running but that's kind of it and anyway but but i was watching the fugitive 
Right, except there's no Tommy Lee Jones to actually make <laughs> yeah. it interesting. There's no in-house, out-house, barn-house, farmhouse. Right. There's just Corn a lot hole. of Tom Cruise and his crazy fucking smile. Yeah, yeah. it's... what. It's not that a good mummy movie. movie. That mummy movie is going to fucking suck, by the way. <laughs> well, this whole dark universe thing, we can get into that in a second if you want, but that's a stupid fucking idea. <laughs> and and when they announced like, oh, Dwayne Johnson is circling the where, uh, Wolfman reboot as part of the dark yeah, universe. That. And I'm like, I love Dwayne Johnson. I think he's an incredibly charismatic actor that can almost do no wrong, but he should not be in a movie called the Wolfman. Um, <laughs> Unless he you don't smell what the wolf's cooking, Bo. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Unless he shows up at the beginning and end of the movie just to be like, "Hi, I'm Dwayne the Rock Johnson. You're gonna watch a movie called The Wolfman. Here it is." And <laughs> then have, it, the movie. I plays. approve this movie. Right. And I'm telling you, this movie is <laughs> pretty good. And then at the end of it, he just pops back out from behind the curtain or whatever. It's like, huh? That was pretty good, right? What did I tell you? And that's I, it. I don't. I don't know if a CGI Wolfman pulled the. The people's eyebrow I I, I, I I might jizz my pants a little bit uh just a little all right so the people's elbow <laughs> was when he would hit people with his elbow right yeah and the people's right. eyebrow is that just when he lifts his eyebrow that's literally it what kind of communist <laughs> shit is it that that's the people's eyebrow and not just his eyebrow it's for the millions and millions of fans bro it's it's for the the working proletariat as for the millions and millions of proletariat. The Rock is a fucking communist. Um, the bourgeoisie. So, the, we ought to, at the, some point, at some point, we ought to do the movie The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie, uh, which is a good mm. film. But anyway, um, so the movie that I really wanted to mention to you because it was good was I finally saw Logan, uh, which is the latest uh, Wolverine movie. Right. See, you, right, you're saying it's good. Right? Yeah. I, I thought it you're was not going to tell me you. Yeah. Mm, mm, no. <laughs> going to have to disagree with you here, Bo. Um, it's a good movie. It's not a great movie. It's just a. It, it, it appears great because the rest of those movies are shitty. I thought it did a really nice job of talking from a thematic point of view of talking about the idea of the inherited family or the chosen family um and that you're t you know this character of logan has sacrificed his life ultimately for professor x who who is keeping all doped up on the clean burning propane um so that he <laughs> yeah, doesn't he's well at his face on the skag oh he is he is skagged up uh in in logan <laughs> he said yay to you yo Oh, he was, uh, yes, I, I, I say, uh, no, nay, I say I to Yayo, um, number one, um, but what I really liked him, and when I was watching, of course, I was thinking of him getting fisted by Wolverine, um, just terrible, but all right, so I like all the little stuff, and it, mild spoilers for Logan, if you haven't seen it, but, um, like, when he has to yank his own adamantium claw out of his busted-ass hand, I thought was a great moment. Like, it's a movie that's just filled with a lot of nice little moments, but has, I think, a strong theme that ties it all together. And I, I do think it's actually... I think, I it's, riddled, I think it's riddled with plot holes. 
Yeah, I would. See, yeah, I think, and, some, and I, think some, yeah. I think sometimes people, for some reason, don't judge movies that are based on comic books the same way they judge other movies. Well, but at I, all, I give it the same the same uh, concessions that I give like a Friday the Thirteenth movie, which is I'm probably going to see kind of the same shit, but. Uh, if no they Friday do it the well, mm, no Friday the Thirteenth movie has the the cast of actors that that movie has all the budget. Yeah, well, so I think I true. think it's unfair. <laughs> I think it's unfair. I, I mean, yeah, like if if we were comparing Logan to like The Conjuring two, yes, by all means, I would <laughs> I, I would start to I would start to maybe judge them along the same lines, but. No, I, th- I think there was far too, from my point of view, I, I thought it was a good movie. I mean, there was definitely a bit of emotional clout, which those movies are sorely lacking. Yeah. Um, like, greatly lacking. But it, there was so much just not, it's like, oh, this t- this terrible event happened. It wiped out all these people, but let's never really mention it again. Let's just kind of hint on it without giving us any detail. No, but, that seems like something I really want to actually hear something about. You're teasing something which, to me, is a major event, which we're not getting. And I tell you what, it, the movie made me dislike Richard E. Grant, and I love Richard E. Grant. And I don't know why it was. He, he was like they were like, we need someone that's like Richard E. Grant. Let's just cast Richard E. Grant. Oh, we've got Richard E. You know, it just it just didn't. His character wasn't nearly as malevolent as he should have been as a yeah. villain. Um. And the, the whole last half an hour of that movie is rushed to fuck. It's like let's let's get them across the line. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Um, the, the the thing that I had working for it, which I liked um, very much, which Jack Reacher didn't have, was was this idea of well, you're talking about the familial point of view, etc. Is is this idea of responsibility for a child, which I think they did a hundred times better than, than Jack Reacher, who you know. Oh, like at no point was I like that. Do, do you care for this child? Are we supposed to even care that there's a child in this one? What exactly are you doing, Tom Cruise? Yeah. Um, get get your Scientology clause out of that child. Um, that they did quite well. Um, but yeah, there was a whole lot of that movie that was just meh. You know, for, for like, and it was it wasn't at the t- like when I watched it, I thought it was a lot better than than how I felt when I watched it again. When I watched it the second time, I was less impressed and i started really picking out and it happens with every single one of those movies i watch on upon the second watch you know where, where the where you're slightly removed emotionally from the the movie you start realizing there's big holes in that fucking movie like huge holes in that movie and um, holes that you could drive a, a you know a driverless truck through which was a cool thing to see in it yeah, but the, yeah, was, the, mm. the like near future of that movie yeah. i thought was really cool like, i thought that's one of the best depictions of a near future yeah. i've seen in a while once again we don't explore it enough i, I, I don't know it's like it, it teased me with things that i thought were really interesting ideas but they were they were like so superficial and so fleeting that I don't know. It's a very frustrating movie. Like I say, I thought it was good. I don't think it's great. And I think a lot of people are, are walking around saying this movie's amazing because it does things other movies just do because they're well-written movies. Um, and they don't get the praise for them. You know, oh, they really grounded it in reality. Well, well done. Right, <laughs> <It's> like, right. <laughs> congratulations. Oh, you know, Logan really acts, you know, like... the. Hugh Jackman really turns on a performance where he's really acting emotionally. Well, well done. 
<laughs> well done, Logan. Well done for doing that in your movie. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's mm, the I, I take don't know. care of my kids argument. Like, well, of course you do. That's what you're supposed yeah. to do. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah. I, I, I just think, I don't know. I, I think maybe I went into, I don't usually get as hyped up about those sort of movies. Because, um, you know, like, we're talking on two different levels here. You are very much a fan of that culture. I'm not. Um, and I, I don't know. It was it, it had been heavily hyped up, and all I kept hearing of people is, "This is the one. This is the movie, Duncan. <laughs> we know you like Guardians of the Galaxy, but this is the movie. This is the movie that you're going to watch it, and you're going to be like, yeah, now I need to start investing my time and all the rest.' And I didn't do that. Yeah. And anything. It just. It was a good way to close out that story. Um, and I thought to myself, "Yes, you've done what three Wolverine movies." Um, now and yes, by far that's the best one that you've done. Well done. Third time was the charm. Um, but yeah, I don't need to see any more of that. Yeah, I well, and I only watched it the one time. So, uh, and keep in mind, I'm coming off a, a string of misses. <laughs> cinematically yeah, speaking, Jack, Jack Reacher movie. Oh my god. Oh, it's just that was a painful watch. Um, so when I got to Logan, and you're right, I was probably weighted in favor of that movie partly because i like the wolverine character and i don't think there's been a good wolverine movie yeah i remember you've said that but it's one of these things i don't i i know him from the cartoons and i don't even know him from comics he used to be a cartoon that that was long running x-men cartoon and i liked the wolverine character from that and i liked the original x-men movie if i'm honest and I thought it was a, a good bit of casting there. Mm-hmm. I didn't really like any of those other X-Men movies at all. And the one where they did the... What was the one where they, they went back in time to the... Cuban Days of Future Christmas. Past. Um, if that's the name of it, I, I thought that was okay. Sure, um, sure. And then they did, the, they did the first Wolverine movie, which had Ryan Reynolds kind of dressed like a flesh, a flesh gimp. At, um, at playing Deadpool, as a matter of fact. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, I'm surprised there was ever a Deadpool movie after that. Although Deadpool was a lot of fun, I'm surprised. No wonder that movie took so long to get off the ground. Um, and then that second Wolverine movie, which in theory should have like really captured my imagination because it was samurai robots and you know Japanese culture, all the things that I'm really interested in, and I found it boring as fuck. And then that last one, yeah, is it? You know, as as a good movie, it's a good solid movie. It's not an amazing movie. Um, and if you read online, they will have you tell you, or, or just people I know will have you believe that this that this is one of the best movies that has come out this year. And that blows my fucking mind. People are not watching enough movies. Watch more movies, please. Yeah, I and I, I have cured myself of the Marvel fanboy part of me that wants to get everyone else on board. Where I'm like, no, no, even if you didn't like Doctor Strange, which, I mean, nobody <laughs> likes Doctor Strange. Don't kid yourself. <laughs> What's that? Uh, <laughs> it, it's not very good. It, it's cool to look at. And if you got yourself, uh, like, you know, some uh, clean burning propane, <laughs> I recommend huffing some of that and then watching Doctor Strange and you're in for a good time. But it's not a great movie. Um, he went like that's that Scott that's Scott Derrickson that directed that so that's the yeah. guy behind um, uh, Last Exorcism. That's right, and he did, he did uh, the uh, oh god the remake um, the the day the the Earth stood still. He did um, Hellraiser Five. 
Oh, did he really? He did Inferno, but he also did that movie that we fucking tore into. What was it? The, the, is it Deliver Us from Evil? Oh yeah, that's a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> the, 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 the exorcism movie that doesn't really know it's an exorcism movie until the last 10 minutes. Right, well, and it, it wants to have, uh, I mean, let's not get too deep into this fucking <laughs> hole, but the problem with Deliver Us from Evil, Duncan, <laughs> is that... <laughs> Is that it wants to be a, a, a like a crime procedural, which would be cool to do a procedural that has supernatural elements, but mm-hmm. it does. But by the end of the movie, it just decides to become a horror movie instead of being the procedural that it wanted to be earlier. And not that that was particularly good, because the person. All right, here's another thing. <laughs> Eric Vanna doesn't sound like he's from this country ever. No. <laughs> He's like that New York cop. Yeah. Well. And he's it's... like, G'day, I'm from New York. Throw another shrimp on the barbie. Right. Th- throw another rat on the barbie, eh? Because um, we're in Brooklyn, New York. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's bad. Delivers from Evil's a, a bad movie. And Scott Derrickson, I don't know that he's a bad director. I, I Like, I don't think the direction is the problem with that movie. I think that's a script problem. I just think Derrickson maybe doesn't pick great scripts to do. Um, yeah. But anyway, what the fuck was the point of all this? Oh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Logan. <laughs> you, well, d- d- the original point of me saying, like, I don't I don't try to thrust Marvel movies or superhero movies on people anymore. I, I just tell you, like, hey, I really enjoyed this. And here's why. But I am also somewhat clouded by nostalgia. And I recognize that. Like, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Like, I really like Ant-Man, and there are plenty of people that are, are, will tell you Ant-Man's not a great movie. I think I Ant-Man it. is wonderfully entertaining. Uh, I prefer Ant-Man over Logan. I think that's wrong. Um, but mm, uh, but I, I, think it, I, I think that movie knows exactly what it is and does exactly what it should. Yeah, and I, I, you know, at some point I'll go back and watch Logan, and my opinion on it may change. But coming off of you know Jack Reacher, Patriot's Day, and The Great Wall... <laughs> Logan was like the oasis in the desert of poo that I was trudging through. And it was like, oh, my God, characters that change through the movie and action that has things to do with the emotional heart of the piece. And I was so excited. And like, oh, the resolution is actually really good. And there's a sense of continuation, but also finality. And it it doesn't set itself up for a dumb sequel. And it does all these things right in the character of Professor X being like, I'll tell you the, the moment where I was like, I kind of dig Logan was when uh, somebody is talking about Professor X of like, the, he has the greatest, most powerful mind that the world has ever seen. But now what do we do now that that brain is diseased and can't control itself anymore? And it's like, that's a great hook. And and they do just enough, like dropping just enough breadcrumbs to kind of let you know what went down with the rest of the X-Men that it was like, oh, well, that's fucking awful, but in kind of a great way. And anyway, I, I enjoyed it. So, but I'm not going to tell, like, I, the the one thing that will not, will not come out of my mouth is telling someone, like, even if you don't like superhero movies, <laughs> like, no, fuck that. You have to like Wolverine as a character. Because this movie does not bother to set up his character in the beginning other than to say, hey, this guy used to be a hero and now he's down on his luck. Like, you need to know sort of the 
Wolverine mythology, especially the Weapon X stuff, for this to really make sense. Um, but anyway, uh, but we're not here to talk about superhero movies or that stupid Dark Universe shit. Um, <laughs> Such a bad idea. It it totally is. All right, let's let's touch on this very briefly. <laughs> yeah, we need to we need to get elbow. I know, I know, we do, but we're just going to give the the number one reason for each of us why this won't work. One. Monster movies are supposed to be scary, or or at least present the image of a threat. And if you're making them the heroes of the film, that is the wrong-headed approach. I think that's I think that's fair. Um, my big gripe is casting. I've seen the cast. I've seen the cast list, and to be honest with you, I couldn't be less interested in any of these massive kind of almost less interesting almost kind of on some way i mean all of them have massive block blockbuster potential but i don't think any of them have really had a really good movie in a while now um, uh yeah I'm i'm looking up the like I, I could not care about Johnny Depp anymore. I really that. that What's Johnny that Depp shit. playing? I, I like. I'm oh, way behind. Fuck on knows. This. He's in the poster. He's in that poster. That's all I need to see. Is, oh, Johnny Depp's playing a character. Yeah, I'm not interested. It's just um, the mad Russell Crowe. I'm not the biggest Russell Crowe fan ever. Him but he's playing Doctor Jekyll and yeah, Mister Hyde. Is, yeah, doesn't interest me. Um, Tom Cruise. Oh no. Bad, like <laughs> bad. What are you doing? Um, the, the fact that the trailer for that movie looks like a Mission Impossible trailer. Uh, he's hanging out a fucking airplane as it's about to hurl to the ground, and I don't need that. And right, granted, the Mummy is one of the most boring of all the original kind of universal things. It is the most boring. It's the most tedious, tawdry fucking movie ever about a guy who essentially has a light shone under his eyes and force chokes cunts out. That's his power. Because he'd be like, I find your lack of faith disturbing. That's literally his power in that movie. It's shite. Um, and the fact that, like, they've done this before. They did it with the Brendan Fraser thing and they, they, they made a push into action in those movies were fairly successful. I think the first one was very successful. I think as he went on, they became least successful, um, or less successful, sorry. I, I just don't see the need for this, and it is a blatant cash grab to copy the formula. It's a money-making scheme to copy the formula or the formula of what Marvel is doing. And, yeah, if, you're, if, you, the, if your intentions are to bring a new generation to horror characters, to get them inspired, then they need to be horror movies. They don't need to be action movies, because... You you're gonna you're gonna bring in a crowd of people <clears throat> that are gonna expect that you know that that this is this is how these characters should be treated and they shouldn't be treated that way. They should be treated as like Dracula as a fucking evil dude. So let's have him as an evil dude. You know let's let's move down let's move down here sensibly and give us a you can make a large budget movie which has the horror elements of these monsters and make it scary but at the same time make them huge financially successful movies you do not need to make them action movies and and that's what they're doing with that and yeah and all of them are pinging basically on the success of the previous pretty much i mean all these movies are are kind of being green lit at the moment 
uh, and that's kind of interesting. The next one's going to be Bride of Frankenstein, so they've jumped the gun on that. Um, yeah, so how do going, you do Bride? Yeah, all right, fine. Yeah, we're going right to the sequel, apparently. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, and the, the the Mummy movie might prove me wrong. I doubt it. I've seen three different spots for it now, and I think two different trailers, and. It's, it's, it literally looks like a straight-up Mission Impossible movie, and Tom Cruise is, has enough of them out. I don't need to see any more. Um, well, so yeah. if, if it makes you feel any better, The Mummy is directed by Alex Kurtzman, uh, who is best known as the writer of... Uh, hold on, let me... <laughs> uh, Cowboys and Aliens... <laughs> Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, Star oh, Trek course. Into Darkness, Amazing Spider-Man 2, which effectively killed a franchise. Yep. Um Yeah. I, uh, there you go. That's the that that's that speaks volumes. That speaks volumes. Right. right. They, they they want you know, Universal wants this to be a universe because everyone wants a cinematic universe now, and you know, that's a shame. Um, you know what I like? You know what I like? I like the good old days where you could get a one and done movie. Like a Twin Peaks, for example. All right, like that's a, a bad Twin Peaks. example. That show never came back. Right. I. Anyway, so for the record, Duncan and Bo go to Twin Peaks, a.k.a. Duncan and Bo uh, come correct. Mm-hmm. Staunchly anti-Dark Universe. Yeah. Until the, they make I, a good I, movie. The, yeah, the, the gauntlet is down against those ones prove us wrong um but i get a feeling that vindication will be on our side both so. yeah and you're it's stupid to start with the mummy you should have done dracula which they tried to do they with did, dracula they? untold which, which was not a good movie no <laughs> which is real fucking stupid as well and that's where they tried to start this isn't, with, isn't that what they do though it's like that well no that wasn't like the well, this is the one that will launch it well that wasn't really the one that was launching it it's the mummy yeah Wait, no, no, that's not the one. Um, it's it's Bride of Frankenstein, right? Oh, oh, you like that one, right? So that's the start, and then we'll reboot. There'll be another fucking. There's going to be a rebooted Dracula movie again. So, I because you know it's only been a couple of years since the last one. Why hasn't somebody just remade Creature from the Black Lagoon and be done with it? Oh, it's the best one at the lot. It it really is, and it it's it's such a simple premise. You don't it does you don't age out of that premise really. Anyway, it, I we should be running Hollywood, Duncan. Um, we should be. Quick question before we jump ahead, because I really the news broke today, and I seem to be excited. A lot of people didn't seem to be excited. Godzilla versus King Kong director announced Adam Wingard, Year Nabel. Uh yeah, I'm totally fine with that. I I wasn't crazy about uh, Blair Witch, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know he also did The Guest, which is unbelievable really fucking good movie yeah and yeah your next which i love and your next is amazing like blair witch i think is just trying to be too many things at once and yeah the the biggest problem with that movie is just it, it didn't feel focused um there there are some good scares in it and then there's really dumb shit but uh but yeah i i think he's a great pick for that he's clearly got you know the genre roots roots mm-hmm. and roots um is I, I you know i think he's a good pick for it. we'll see what he does with that big a canvas mm-hmm. but i don't man it's fucking godzilla and king kong fighting i mean what do you want that budget's going to be fucking insane for that movie 
good. I want it to look expensive. I, w- I want I want to feel poor watching that movie. <laughs> I want it to be so expensive that like they give you golden concession cups and shit where they're like, look, <laughs> we spent a fortune on this down to the cups and you can just throw this away. It's the sort of movie you want to show up in a three-piece suit and still feel underdressed. Right. Yeah. Three three D glasses are actually the literal eyeballs of deceased individuals <laughs> that are disposed of in lieu of giving them to transplant patients. Just like, no, no, we went all out for this. We stretched a human cornea across this lens so you could get true three dimensions. They build a new cinema for every screening. Yeah. Just. I mean, get crazy with it. And if you can match, like, there need to be five scenes, like, in the original, not original, but, you know, the rebooted Godzilla, where that fucking lizard grabs a monster by the jaws, points his muzzle down its throat, and lets loose with the atomic fire. You give me five of those in a movie, and you got yourself an Oscar winner as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) The rest of the movie could just be, like, racist jokes and, (laughs) and, like, scrolling over the racist jokes is just a list of people that we know have disappeared due to sex trafficking. (laughs) And then you just pause that for Godzilla and King Kong to duke it out really awesome for about 30 seconds. And then you cut back to just the human misery unfolding on screen. And I still say it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. It could be the, that documentary, the act of killing playing in between it. Yeah. Yeah. Of just people somberly assessing their own inhumanity mm. in between a giant gorilla and giant lizard fighting each other, <laughs> and you got yourself an award winner. Um, oh, this is like the greatest conversation ever. Uh, oh, see, what did I tell you? This is going to be the best show we ever do. Yeah, but we still haven't even talked about this episode which i kind of feel like people are thinking we're maybe not wanting to talk about the episode because we said in the last one that this is generally considered the where the quality of the show starts to dip um but that's not true that's not true we're excited to talk about this yeah and there's no better way to start than with a funeral as 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 if they acknowledge this show is dead let's bury it um no it's not really (laughs) So this is uh, ep- season two, episode ten of Twin Peaks, a, 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 a an episode entitled "Dispute Between Brothers." Mm. Um, we like to give the curriculum vitae of, uh, of of the people behind the episode. In this case, it is uh, Tina Rathbone is the director of this particular episode. Uh, most notable, I guess, for doing a movie called zelly and me oh i don't know that. i don't either and then uh trisha brock is the writer and uh she wrote two episodes of this but has worked on uh knots landing and family law and uh you know kind of came out of the all right uh, so actual soap opera stuff yeah yeah Uh and then and then she became a director in her own right and went on to direct Grey's Anatomy and the L word, L word and Breaking Bad, 
and 30 Ooh. rock and the walking dead and mr robot so like she she wrote did her her time in the trenches writing for television and then just started directing because she realized that's where all the money is mm-hmm. um so we open uh 3 days after the last episode and um one sarah palmer uh is refusing to take uh some gank some yayo <laughs> Some snow, some clean burning propane, uh, because she wants to go to the funeral and and as, as she is putting Leland Palmer to rest beside her dead daughter, she says she wants to feel everything. She wants to totally be there for that moment. Um, and Agent Cooper, uh, in an attempt to save the show from itself, is like, let me, let me lay some awesome down on you real quick. Um, and then kind of tells her the story of leland's last moments where he says you know he realized what he had done he he felt uh grief but when he died i believe laura was there to to greet uh him and forgave him and and this seems to bring some measure of comfort to sarah palmer uh because agent cooper is awesome and then we go to a good old-fashioned American funeral, Duncan, which means everybody is bringing food and everybody's eating. Uh, I don't know... Well, yeah, and it's also Twin Peaks, so all the food looks amazing. Yeah, well, it, honestly, that's a pretty typical funeral spread from what I've seen. Um, at, at least here in the South, Duncan, where we make everything with butter, including butter. Um, <laughs> it's tough to do, but we we've perfected it. Um, yeah, like the ma- the bowl of mashed potatoes in particular. This is a, what a little fat boy I am at heart. I see that bowl <laughs> of mashed potatoes and I'm like, God damn, that ham and mashed potatoes looks good. Um, <laughs> I don't care what's going on with murders and whatnot. You just give me a spoon and a fork and put me in front of them two plates. I'll show you why we won World War II. <laughs> We get a, a quick glimpse of Nadine in her Sunday best, by which I mean she mm. is dressed like a an eight year old. She's dressed like the Annabelle doll. She kind of is. <laughs> and Freaky. I'm cursed. <laughs> which is a sentence that a sentence that surprises no one. Um, <laughs> yes, we know Nadine. Right. Oh, she's yeah. She she she's has an obsession with her meticulously polished shoes. Which she can see her face in, and then we find out later on, uh, becomes slightly perturbed because she thinks that people may may be able to see her underwear yeah. through looking at her shoes. Trust me, no one is doing that, Nadine. No one is doing that. Even if they could, no one is doing that. No, no. Um... And the wing commando. And I've never shaved down there. <laughs> And people are looking at my silent drapes. Oh, oh, that is the name for her vagina. I take it. Her silent drapes. Silent, yeah, our silent drapes because they see no action ever. Uh, well, <laughs> no, I don't know. No man gets erect from that. Honestly, that well, voice it withers up, packs up its nuts, and goes. <laughs> given the fact that she's constantly raping Ed, which is 
what's yeah, going he's on. He's not in got any house. say in that, has it really? With that strength, he has no say. When Nadine wants to fuck, Nadine fuck. Right. Yeah, I mean she's just like, you know, Coma Hulk is ready Ed! <laughs> and onto him she leaps. Like a, a Give me your seed. Oh God. Is there <laughs> would there be anything more horrifying than looking up? It, it's like the uh uh, that scene from Elm Street 3 when Joey's oh. in the bed and the sexy yeah. nurse is there, except mm-hmm. he looks up and then all of a sudden she's spitting tongues at his wrists. <laughs> except in this version, it's just Nadine and she's like, I'm taking you for a ride. Oh, I mean, you would never be uh, able to pop your penis out. No, no, it would never happen. I, I'll be honest, there are... There- I'm a bit of a pervert, bro. I'm, I, you know, I, I, I like to, I like to sometimes insert myself into filthy imaginations and mm-hmm, filthy mm-hmm. scenarios in my brain. There is no way, no one could pay me any sort of money to hear the noise that that woman would make at the point of orgasm. It's like, like the fucking. It'd be like, it'd be like what happens when Conor McLeod chops off the head of one of his opponents. It's just like buildings smashing glass everywhere, fucking cars exploding, manholes tearing out the ground. Um, Do you think that <laughs> somewhere else on Earth, a woman with an eye patch, their head just explodes? Oh yeah, like scanner like, style. There could be only one. <laughs> it's like scanner style. Like Nadine's orgasm is the quickening. Yeah. Yeah. It calls everyone there. Yeah. Oh my God. High, high yeah. Nadine. Ugh. Or would it be Nadine Lander? Ugh, Nadine. Ugh. <laughs> I am immortal, Ed! That's a queen song! Here we are! Bond! Uh, honestly, that's the only way that you could make like Twin Peaks up till now better is if Queen did the soundtrack. Oh, could you imagine? Uh, it, it would be the best. But all right, let's get back to this depressing party. So Nadine yeah. is worried that people are going to look at her, you know, her her silent drapes. her silent drapes. Yeah. And uh, the major is uh, chats with Dr. Jacoby, who is now returned um, from uh, Hawaii. Looking tanned. Looking good. Dr. Jacoby comes back and he's like, hey, anything happened while I was gone? Oh, you solved the murder thing, huh? That's cool. Anybody got a drink with an umbrella in it? Because I'm Dr. Jacoby and that's how I live. Um, Do you like pina coladas? And even the major is like, well, you look pretty good there, Dr. Jacoby. And he's like, yeah, I know I do. Look at these glasses. I see everything in three dimensions. Um... There, there are a couple of old men fighting at this party. Oh, this is just such a fucking nonsense. Like, so we're, we're essentially a season and a half into the show, and we're finally, even though there's been a major murder, you know, in small town Twin Peaks, um, and people have been kidnapped, and you know, all the all these things have happened. We're finally being introduced to Twin Peaks mayor, who's apparently, according to folklore, a hundred and twenty-two years old. Um, as I believe what they say his age is in the show, which is just silly. Um, but once again, it's Twin Peaks, so we can kind of... It's not the most ridiculous thing we're going to see in this episode. It's not the most ridiculous thing we've heard on the show. But he's there in some sort of spat with his, his brother. Um, 
kinda as his brother, isn't it? Yeah, it's the mayor and Dougie. I think is his brother that owns the newspaper. Yeah, and they and... Uh, they've got a fifty year fifty year feud going on. Yeah, which is it's still going on. It appears that the mayor seems to have taken umbrage with the fact that Dougie, the newspaper owner, um, is in love again with someone who is colossally his junior. Um, but apparently he, he does this from time to time and the mayor disapproves because he was with his wife uh, for for many, many, many years. Um, and, and Dougie seems to, to, to go through them quite quick uh, yeah this is they, they have a like i was going to say they have a fight um but it's an old people's fight which means n- not a lot happens um it kind of looks like what happens when you put a tortoise on its shell <laughs> backwards yeah. and it tries to kind of clamber back up um that's kind of what it looks like I, it's supposed to i think maybe inject a bit of levity into this scene it doesn't work um and yeah, I I would like to say this is the only time we're gonna have to see these characters, but yeah, they're gonna re- reappear in this episode. Yeah, again. Uh, and that next episode is just sick with it as well. Yeah, um, uh, this is the we said before. This is this is we've now closed out the Laura Palmer mystery. So and the show's still going. <laughs> the, the show unfortunately is like, all oh, right. So the mystery was right. Um, uh, 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 characters like give us characters. Right, Just bring them all folk in. Make them fight. Um, uh, let's continue. Remember, this guy said something funny. Right, we'll make a whole scene out of that. Um, Nadine, let's get her in. It's just a, it's like a non-event. Yeah. Really. Um, and Pete's there. Good old trusty fishy coffee Pete. Um, Pete, yeah. I mean, the whole town is there. We get a little moment where um, Nadine, or uh, I'm sorry, Hank spies Norma and Ed kind of chatting and once they realize they're being watched, they kind of split off from one another because, you know, we can't have the two decent people on this show together. Um, <laughs> what what kind of drama is that if they're just happy? Um, you know who looks amazing in this scene? Audrey. Oh, Audrey Horn. At last, my love is coming along. Well, look, you want to let, let's bounce out of this scene because who gives a shit? And who gives a shit? Let's go to one uh, motel room or hotel room in the Great Northern of Agent Dale Cooper, and Audrey shows up there. If we're going to talk about Audrey, let's talk about Audrey and Agent Cooper. You know, talking about yeah. doing the hunka chunka. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, Agent Cooper um, has been invited by the major. Uh, to go for some night fishing. And Agent Cooper has admitted himself, now the case is closed, his work here is done, Bo, um, and it's time for him to start moving on. However, he's got a couple of weeks vacation in the bank, and he might want to spend it, like, maybe in Twin Peaks, maybe. Yeah. Um, and at this point, you're kind of thinking to yourself, if if you're watching it for the first time anyway, is this the last we see of Agent... How do you keep him in the show? If the mystery's gone, how do you, how do, you do it, Bo? If the, if the murder has been solved, how do you keep Agent Cooper in the show? So at, at, at first, what it looks like is he's going to go on a little adventure and go some some night fishing. So he goes back to the hotel. He's packing up. He's folding his undies, like very military style, like folding like underwear, folding underwear. And Audrey Horn comes in, and we're just like, for fuck's sake, fuck, please, yeah, right? Let me watch. Yeah, I, I like I so want to see them make love because it would be a more beautiful thing than I have ever been capable of. Um, 
Yeah, anyone that's filmed themselves having sex will realize very quickly doesn't look good. No, it's just it's animal sweaty rutting. <laughs> and yeah, it's it's gross. People are disgusting individuals. <laughs> it just as a rule. I don't know how anybody has sex with anybody. It's gross. It's sloppy and you, there's rags afterwards and like, oh, I got to clean this up. This is going to get sticky if I don't. It's just the worst. Um, and there's like 4.3 seconds of like, this is the best thing ever. And then it's like, oh, God, now we got to talk. Ugh. Ugh. I'll tell you that, these words have have not been said enough on this show. Rod Stewart had it right, Duncan. Uh, the "Stay with Me" song is one of the greatest like <laughs> anthems. To you need to shut up, and we're gonna get down to business, and then come come morning, we're done here. Yeah, um, man, Rod, <laughs> Rod Stewart's living right. Um, <laughs> So Audrey is like, hey, you want to give me the horn? And <laughs> put the horn in the horn. Yeah. I'm horny for the horn. Mm. Um, but Agent Cooper's like, nah, I can't do that because of a couple of reasons. One, it I you were part of a major investigation and you were kind of a witness to some of that. And also, I just, you know. The, Two, you're a teenager. <laughs> You're grossly underaged for me, mm-hmm. but also because it, it, I just don't think it's a good idea. Like, you would get hurt if we did this. And she's like, haven't you ever loved anybody, Agent Cooper? And he says, yes, the sea. Um, no, he says uh, that there there was a witness once. <laughs> the that, sea is my mistress. <laughs> I'm married to the sea, Audrey. Um, <laughs> I sail tonight for parts unknown. <laughs> You are the Audrey truss that will hang around my neck. Boo! Oh. Bad, bad play on words. Oh, I don't Boo. care. I stand by it, sir. Uh, but all right. But so he's like, yeah, there was this witness, and uh, Wyndham Earl was my partner at the time, and we were trying to protect her, and things went bad, and Wyndham Earl lost his mind. And it, then he, my favorite part of the whole scene is like, you need to hear any more of this, and she's like, no, nah, I think I'm good. I think I get it. You got. <laughs> There is some some large, large concierge size l- luggage you are toting behind you. So, but but Audrey, optimist to the core, mm-hmm. she uh, does have a great line. I love this line, right? Where she's like, you know, friendship is the basis of any good relationship, and so we're friends. And uh, she gives him this big speech where she's like, "I'm gonna I'm gonna grow up." And I'm gonna be my own person. And when it, when that happens, you better watch out because I'm coming for you, Agent Cooper. And I'm gonna suck that hog. And he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, Audrey! This is the <laughs> line I'm talking about. We can't cross that line right there." She, she's like, "I'll see you in 25 years." Yeah, <laughs> I'll be seeing you in all those. Anyway. Um... <laughs> Sorry, Leland's dead. I forgot we're not doing show tunes anymore. We're not allowed to do. We're not allowed to do any songs anymore. Yeah, uh, that's a shame. Oh, Leland, we hardly knew you. Uh, so, um, Agent Cooper's gonna run off and get some night fish. 
working on some night fish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> talk about those Twin Peaks fishing holes. Um, Agent Bob Seeger <laughs> working on some night fish. Night fish. <laughs> working on some night fish. Oh, that's ridiculous. I love it. Ah, uh, I was trying to take a drink of water, and I ended up doing a spit take. Um, all right. <laughs> so, Bobby, uh, over at the Johnson household, where he's still. A character, remember Bobby? Remember, yeah, remember Bobby? So, Bobby's when last we left Bobby, he now has a blackmail tape where Hank and um, Ben Horn were plotting the arson of the sawmill and, in a roundabout way, the, the death of uh, See You Next Tuesday, Catherine Martell, as well as Shelly Johnson. Yeah. And he has slipped Ben Horn a note saying, like, you need to meet with me. And so he is now going to meet with Ben Horn and theoretically get a bunch of money, uh, which would be great. Um, so he fucks off to do that. And it's just a, a reminder scene of like, hey, remember this whole thing is going on and there's Leo still in his wheelchair, not doing anything. Yeah, his old wheelchair. And yeah, and his old rickety busted ass wheelchair that you only buy for relatives you don't care about. <laughs> That's the line. It's the meh line of uh, convalescent care. <laughs> when you just want to keep him alive, shop <laughs> meh. Have you been lumbered with a? Have you been lumbered with a family member that you can give less of a fuck about? Buy the meh chair. <laughs> right. It's not going to hold them in. A stiff breeze is going to send them right out of this thing. But you're not <laughs> That's paying the advertisement. It's yeah. people putting it beside a comically long set of stairs and then going to tie their shoelaces and a gust of wind blowing the chair down. Yeah. Just, so let's, let's see that naked gun. <laughs> just some poor vegetable of a human being tumbling out of it, on right like mm. face first into the dirt. Um, <laughs> by meh. Working on some night cheese. Anyway, uh, cross branding, cross pollinating the brands, creating synergy like a That's business. That's what we do here. It's what we do here. Some people say it's all we do here. Some people say we don't talk about the show. That's a lie. We talk about the show, but at the same time, we're planning. Yeah, we're ma we're making commercial decisions. We're franchising this motherfucker. We are creating commodities, bro. Commodities to be sold by We've... people that want to invest in us with large sums of money. There are bonds and futures. Um, si Simon Davis in Duluth has uh, Duncan and Bo go to Twin Peaks franchise already, and he's already seeing returns. So, yeah. ladies and gentlemen of the audience, it's time for you to get in. When I say yeah. ground floor, I meant investment. And yeah, when, when we say when we say that you know th that we want you to invest in us, just imagine that the, the the investment shape looks like a pyramid, and me and Bo are at the top, and you are at the bottom. Nothing can go wrong. Right. 
Uh, it's like that uh, new HBO movie, Wizard of Laws, which you also shouldn't watch, um, <laughs> where Robert De Niro plays uh, Bernie Madoff. And the whole movie is him just going, it's a Ponzi scheme. That's it. That's the whole movie. You know what a pyramid looks like, Bo? I do. It's it looks a like, triangle. It looks like a triangle. And what what show has two triangles side by side and the logo is Twin Peaks? Oh my god! <laughs> Bo is one triangle, I am the other triangle. That's Let's right. Let's do this motherfucker. We, we are your co-triangles. <laughs> co-triangles. <laughs> and... We gotta cult this up though. Like we gotta get our own navy, oh, and like have people go like work on the ships and stuff, and we just brainwash the fuck out of them. I want my ship to be known as the Nightfish, <laughs> and the sister ship will be Night Cheese. Night Cheese, and, yeah. And to go working on them, you have to go work on the Nightfish, Stroke Cheese. Yes. Yeah. I, well. I mean, honestly, what is better than uh, some string cheese at about 1 a.m.? That's my argument. <laughs> where you kind of wake up and you're all discombob for a second and you're like, I don't know where I am or who I am, but here's some string cheese. And that seems delicious, because why wouldn't it be? Well, on the on the night fish, we have uh, percolated coffee where there's a fish in there. Yeah. you Yeah. Taking right from Twin Peaks. That, that would be right. Yeah. Um. On the night cheese, we have uh, actually it's all fondue. Uh, so <laughs> all fondue all the time, all the time. You're, you have <laughs> breakfast fondues, fondue, fondarum. I'm not sure how that conjugates, but you're gonna have plenty of cheese. Also, a lot of laxatives. So yeah, oh god, yeah, you're gonna need those. It's 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 going in, it's going in squishy. It's coming out squishy. Um, yeah. It's going in squishy. It's coming out squishy. By the way, is the original tagline for the movie The Stuff. <laughs> that is true. That is 100% accurate. Um, see you next Tuesday. Catherine Martell, Duncan, uh, shows up at the sheriff's office in the next scene. Yeah, but she is no longer Mr. Tojimura, so... <laughs> no, she was like, that was racist. Um, <laughs> it does look, though, like when we see her, it does look like some of the makeup is still on her face. <laughs> she has, like, a dirty mark on her cheek. Um, well, she's also but... carrying a stick, like she's been out in the woods, and Harry rightfully says, uh, where the fuck have you been? See you next Tuesday, Catherine Martell. <laughs> we thought you yeah, were she dead. she spins a great yarn here. I mean, she she said she's. This is how you commit and sell to the part. She's like that. Mister Tojimura was just a warm up. This was me just trying to invent characters and invent backstories. Now, now that I've got that in my system, the warm up, the test run. Now that we have done that, now is the time for my big scene, my reemergence. And if I can sell this to the sheriff, goddamn, I can sell this to anyone, Bo. I can sell this to fucking anyone. Well, and like any good lie. There is a kernel of truth in all of this because she says, "Tiny, I got I got a phone a phone call from a stranger um, asking me to go to uh, the the sawmill, and I took a gun because he sounded threatening, and I got there, and uh, Shelly Johnson was there, and but there must have been a bomb or something. But 
I, I got out. I, you know, like when it went off, I, I escaped and, uh, I was alone. I was afraid. I, I literally dug my nails into the sordid earth and clawed my way towards the, the rising sun. And then finally, uh, she's like, Hey, I started to see stuff that looked familiar to me because I'm a fucking liar. Um, and then she, because she, she's couching all this like, hey, this was a guardian angel that saved my life. And she thought, uh, like, she was in heaven or going to heaven. And then she found what she ran across was an old summer cabin. And she's like, I walked miles and miles. Only a guardian angel could have led me to our summer cabin where I've just been hanging out doing see you next Tuesday kind of shit, Sheriff. <laughs> and She's been doing DDP yoga, um, yeah. which is apparently all the all the rage. Yeah, and it, so the Sheriff is just like, look, just don't leave town. We've probably got some questions. We think we've got most of this shit wrap, wrapped up, but clearly we need to string something else out for the rest of uh, the, the second season. Um. And the dumbest question he asks asks her is, "Why did you come back then? Like, like if you were kind of getting out of this, like you you stayed there for a long time, and why did you eventually come back?" And uh, see you next Tuesday, Catherine Martell is like, "Oh, I ran out of tuna fish. That's what I was eating. And when I ran out of that, I decided to come the fuck back. I wasn't worried about you or the the crime I was involved with or my stupid husband." Um, which is, you know, as we know, she has been secretly masquerading as Mr. Tajimura. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> and arguably the point in the, in Twin Peaks where people could start to question the quality of the show. I would argue there is a real flashpoint in the next episode as well, where it's like, <laughs> Don't fuck this up, Twin Peaks. You're dangerously close to dating yourself in a really uncomfortable way. Uh, and it doesn't quite get there in that episode, but um, g- give it time, Lowenstein. Um, all right, so let's talk about Dick Tremaine for a second. Um, yes, cause he af- comes back. <laughs> yeah, after See You Next Tuesday, uh, Catherine Martell drops this bit of uh information of you know she's back now and is is ready to help with the investigation should there be one so dick tremaine rolls back up into the station while lucy is uh changing lights and i'm reasonably certain that someone who is pregnant shouldn't be on a ladder also probably shouldn't be handling fluorescent bulbs um i don't know anything about children other than uh people like to rush them in an oven and they're clearly a crockpot thing Mm -hmm. but other than that I don't know what safety protocols are for kids. I like you don't smear cat poop on them. I think that's bad for them. Uh, but yeah, other I'm than that, sure I've read that. I'm sure I've read that. Yeah, I think... yeah. She's she she's on the ladder, and this guy comes back in who we could give less of a fuck about. Um, and he's like, you know, all of a sudden he's decided he wants to be the father of this baby. Nay, he believes he is. And, He's a changed person. He longer he no longer smokes, um, and he is prepared to commit himself to Lucy. And then he, he goes up and kisses her belly, 
kind of passing his love to the child. And meanwhile, round the corner, Andy is not happy. And he, he's with Hawk, and Hawk's kind of giving them the... The It's giving them this... Sorry, I just need to get that out. Yeah. Because there's a distinct lack of Hawk in this episode. Dear God. Um, Hawk kind of gives them the, the look. Um, and he's like, I'm going to go around. And they have the least interesting altercation. The, the the old men fighting was more interesting than their altercation here. When Andy comes around, it just looks awkward. Yeah, well, the whole idea is that they're going to threes company this baby where they're going to figure out who the father is somewhere down the line. And they're all three of them are going to be in some sordid relationship with one another. Some real group sex gross scenario. Ugh. Yeah, and, like, group sex with Lucy, Dick Tremaine, and Deputy Andy. And that's that's not the threesome you want. No. You know, it's no <laughs> Nadine, Wilford Brimley, and the Log Lady. Oh, my God. The things that Log would tell us. Oh, my goodness. You, you put that thing right in my bottom right now, goddammit. <laughs> goddammit. Look, you both got several more holes in me. But that don't mean mine are off limits. God damn it. <laughs> uh, Did you listen to the episode where I became Mr. Tojimura? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That might be our low point. That might be our Nadine. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was the point. <laughs> yeah, that was, that, was our, that was our point when I was like, that. the show might not continue. Like, where people will listen back to this and say, well, the, the quality of that show dropped, that may have been the a linchpin um but we pulled back from it successfully but yeah this is just a non-event and we are kind of this episode really feels like it's compartmentalizing a lot of what will be essentially the most upper and eye of the show moving forward so we're getting reintroduced to quite a lot of characters we have not seen in a few episodes because we were targeting the 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 solving of the you know who killed laura palmer um, story, which means you're going to have only a certain amount of characters in there because we've narrowed it down so much that we're now being reintroduced in bulk to a ton of characters, and most of these scenes are fairly throwaway, like this one. Yeah, it, it, yeah, you, you said it. it it's we've said all we need to say about about that scene because now we get the goodbye from uh, Sheriff Truman to Agent Cooper, and. Um, Agent Cooper is, you know, as energetic as ever. He's like, you know what, Harry, I, I, I can't stay too long. Uh, the major says he's got, uh, you know, a skillet full of trout waiting for me on this night fish situation. So I got, I got to bomb <laughs> out of here. <laughs> night fish. Um, <laughs> working on some night fish. Got a skillet and the majors up here too. Um, <laughs> I woke last night to the sound of owls. Um, anyway, we can go all day with that. So <laughs> they're not what they seem. Both. They are not. Uh, they'll not they steal the trout right out of your skillet. That's what an owl will do. Um, old bastards. So, in addition to giving a uh, a lure to uh to agent cooper a fishing lure so that he may uh successfully night fish um he is also given a patch that makes him an official uh bookhouse boy yep and sheriff truman being awesome is like you know what you ever need us 
you let us know. You're always going to be one of us. And it's like, oh, that's great. And so then Agent Cooper goes down the line um, and is saying goodbye to everybody, like to Deputy Andy. Uh, he's like, you know what? You got a good heart, kid. And uh, then he gets to Lucy, and Lucy is, uh, he says, like, Lucy, you're uh, best to you and yours. And, it, like, it is, he asked to be invited to the wedding, but, you know, it's like, eh, he's just paying lip service. No matter he what is, weekend that wedding is, he's got something to do. He's got something to do. He says to Hawk that if he... Oh, it's the best. If, it's the fucking greatest thing ever. So, you know, if he ever, if he ever, if he ever went missing, which... Oh, wait, nope, nope, God. nope, shut your mouth. God damn this fucking scene. I can't, I can't, I want to, I want to. have you, have you watched it? No, but I know, and like it's out oh, there, oh. I know, I know, but we're not doing that, Duncan. We have I made... know, we don't, this is no spoilers, no backsies. Um, uh, Twin Peaksies. Uh, yeah, but uh, watching this back, like I saw this scene, I was just like, oh, fucking... But, Twin we can... Peaks motherfucker. But it basically says if ever if he ever went missing, he would want Hawk to be the man to be sent to find him. Yeah. Which the highest the highest respect you can give to a guy like Hawk. Oh. I mean, it you're right. It is just the acknowledgement of Hawk, you are fucking awesome. If it weren't <laughs> for you in this sheriff's department, like Sheriff Truman's doing a bang up job. Nobody's yeah. arguing that. But given the the cast of nitwits surrounding him, <laughs> you gotta have a deputy hawk that's pulling the weight for Deputy Andy and who knows what the fuck Lucy is doing half the time. She's just keeping him in coffee and donuts, and that's all they're really worried about. They figure the rest of it'll sort itself out. But yeah, so Deputy Hawk um gets the cool goodbye. But then uh before he can leave uh clarence williams the third of uh tales from the hood fame oh yeah busts in i mean he's known for more than that but he's i was actually watching um a oh ridley scott movie american gangster yeah and he's he is a he's bumpy at the beginning he's the 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 main gangster did there and i was like oh my fucking god he's great He's a great. He's a he's a great act. The one thing I will say about Twin Peaks, even as a TV show back then, the, the fact that David Lynch was attached to that, there are there are actors and actresses that are in this show that you would not have seen do this sort of television at that time had it not had the, you know the name of someone like David Lynch as like a showrunner behind behind it because it really is the, some of the cast is fantastic. And um, yeah, he is he's brilliant. This he shows up with a mounty. <laughs> yeah, the the most mounty as fuck mounty you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. Um, so he yeah uh, he comes in and is like Agent Cooper, you are suspended from the FBI. Bum bum bum. And we're like, wait one second. Does that mean Agent Cooper is? gonna still be at twin peaks i see what you did there you gave us the old switcheroo done all his goodbyes everything was kind of getting emotional he's an honorary member of the bookhouse boys this is you know he's he's leaving he's leaving he's not leaving bro he's not leaving no no he is currently under investigation by clarence williams the third and uh dudley do right um (laughs) who's like agent cooper 
Um, that's a bad nail. I shouldn't. I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have tried it. I fucked up. I thought I could do it and I couldn't. Um, we'll have our limits, Paul. We'll I know. Yeah, I know. But I'm not cutting it out because I want. I want to create a sense of honesty and community with our listeners. I think that's noble. Yeah, that's. I've often been called noble, sir. Bo, if ever I go missing, I want you to be the person that's sent to find me. That is a horrible idea, but I will. I also, I've also fully recognized that that means I will never be found. <laughs> well, because <laughs> honestly... will die at the bottom of a pit. Uh, but at the it, same time, I thought that the, 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 the token gesture on the show uh, might be something that we, we would take in the spirit of friendship. I might not get around to looking right away. Just an FYI. <laughs> No, you're going to be distracted by apparently the large bowl of mashed potatoes and a plate of ham. Oh, you are so fucked. If if somebody's <laughs> like, you've got to go looking for Duncan, but by the way, someone made German chocolate cake. And I'm, you're done. Like with that 48 hour window of like, you know, we got to catch him in 48 hours or, or find him. Otherwise, we know for sure he's probably dead. <laughs> Yeah, would, yeah, a week, a week, a week later, you're sitting down watching The Simpsons and Grimskeeper. While it comes up, you're like, "Oh fuck, Duncan!" <laughs> I'm watching uh, Braveheart again because it's my favorite movie. Because <laughs> you hate me, and I'm like, yeah. "Oh my god, Duncan loves this movie. I should you're go find a cunt. him." <laughs> <laughs> Braveheart, it's me favorite. See. Uh, I, listeners, I don't I want you to be coming back on this show. <laughs> you probably got confused for a second because it sounds like Duncan's arguing with himself. <laughs> but that was actually me. Bo, aka the chameleon. <laughs> right. I'm like the saint, like the Val Kilmer <laughs> saint. I'm just a master of illusion. Um. Oh my God! You see that picture of Val Kilmer? Like, hey, I'm ready to do Top Gun too. Yeah, and it's like, oh, sir, yeah, put he, it away. He's went a bit crazy. He's he's went a bit crazy. Yeah, but you know, he, by all accounts, you, I mean, like at one time he was one of the most sought after stars in Hollywood, and oh, yeah. he just lost his shit. Yeah, he's 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 not he's no longer properly with us. And yeah, I saw that picture, and I was like, that yeah, that's not gonna happen. Have you seen Tom Cruise? <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh man. I mean, say what you will about Tom Cruise, the man is eighty-seven years old, and. <laughs> looks like he's only you know 50 at this yeah. point I, that's one has, thing has the, has, the, has the body of a 25 year old adonis i you know i when i was watching jack reacher uh don't look back in anger or whatever the fuck it was called uh, <laughs> jack reacher i've got a kid now apparently question mark right is this my kid who cares um there's a comma somewhere in there too but <laughs> It was the first time in a while that as I was watching Tom Cruise, I was like, man, he's getting old. His face looks real pudgy. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's, he's, in fairness, he's, he's, I think he's, is he not early 50s? He is, no, he's like 55. Is he? Yeah, he's like an 82, because I looked, I looked it up when we were talking about um, The Mummy, because the female lead in the movie, not not the the mummy character, but I would assume the love interest is 22 years his junior. Oh, so he is. Hollywood yeah. is so fucking gross, man, honestly. It, it really is. 
It, so, yeah, he was born in 1962. He is a, a Kunter away. Sorry, that was me again, folks. Um, away from being uh, 55 years old. The word is Kunt. Old. It's not Kunt. <laughs> Kunta Kinte? <laughs> Kunta Kinte sounds wrong. That's not right, Duncan. You should be ashamed Coffee. Cut. <laughs> Coffee, yay! I mean, he, oh God, he's such a fucking infant. Like all, all his toys should be taken away. Um, anyway, so uh, what's going on? Oh yeah, yeah. So they're they're there to um, take um, Agent Cooper down uh, or investigate him for the fact that his investigation took him over, you know, the Canadian border. There's some talk that he might have stolen some drugs that were being used by an investigation. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's in all kinds of trouble. Yeah. Uh, speaking of all kinds of trouble, let's check back in with Audrey Horn, homina, homina, hire, <laughs> who is hanging out uh, with a basket of <laughs> scarves like you do at the Great Northern. And Bobby Briggs, uh, who looks exactly like david byrne in this suit (laughs) you may ask yourself what is bobby briggs doing here um you may say to yourself this is not my hotel um so bobby briggs aka david byrne aka uh um buster poindexter also a reference point for his look um is like hey i'm over here waiting to talk to your dad and audrey's like why are you talking like that uh you haven't talked like this for any of this podcast and he's like hey it's a new voice um exactly mundo hey uh because he's the fonz i guess (laughs) so bobby's like hey i'm trying to get in to see your dad over here and uh Audrey. <laughs> Audrey is like, you want a scarf? And he's like, no, what do you got that basket over here? And <laughs> she's like, if you want to see my dad, like, you're not going to get in because my dad doesn't know who you are and doesn't give a shit, much like everyone watching this show. So, <laughs> yeah, and apparently you've changed your accent. We don't know what's going on with that. Right. Like, you've become a different character entirely, yet somehow I think it fits. Um, so, I'm not stopping that. Just that's your warning. Um, so, Audrey goes in and says something to her father. And then the next thing you know, um, Bobby is called in. And as soon as he walks in, we see our first look at post-murder accusation, Ben Horn. Yeah, he's not looking great. He is not holding up well. This is a guy <laughs> that does not respond well to pressure. Yeah, he's like, well, let's put things in a context. And we, we get we get a better breakdown of this in the next episode. But um, in the past, what? We can say 36 hours in Twin Peaks, he's been arrested for the murder of a girl who he has claimed he loved more than anyone else. His 
business partner and long-time friend turned out to be not only a, an incestuous rapist, um, but also a psychopathic murderer. And he has maybe lost a bit of business from being arrested and also lost um, a large lucrative deal which involved the mill and the whole Ghostwood um, development to uh, a former jilted lover, um, uh, the, the late great CU Next Tuesday, Mr. Tojimura, <laughs> definitely not a CUA. Um, or see you next Tuesday, Catherine Martell. Um, so yeah, he's he's had better days, Bo. He's had better days. He's not been able to. He's not. He's not a glass half full sort of person right now. He's um, or even a glass half empty. He's kind of my glass is empty. Um, please put money in it, please. Yeah, I mean, he clearly has not been shaving. Uh, he's got some kind of child's toy in hand that seems to be occupying most of his time. He's very Trumpian in this scene, one might say. Uh, very nice. He does not seem to be in control of anything. He seems to be <laughs> surrounding himself with yes-men and uh, is not looking great these days. No, he's, he's kind of how I imagine Trump would look if his Twitter was taken off him again. Right, or or finally, like as soon as he's officially subpoenaed to Congress, that's it. Like that's gonna be how he shows up, where he's just like, "Hey, how's it going, boys? What's happening?" Um, but like all be bearded and just looking paunchy, like he's just like someone had to tear the chicken leg out of his hand to get him into into the Senate. <laughs> the well done steak. Yeah, with ketchup. Oh my god! Like I thought that was fucking made up. No, that's his favorite meal. I when I heard that, because uh, I I heard someone say that and I was like, yeah, yeah, Trump would like something like that. <laughs> and then somebody confirmed it. That was yeah, like, no, 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 his, he his said this. Favorite meal. Yeah, that's his favorite meal. His favorite meal is a very well done steak, i.e., burned and tasteless. And then he likes to put ketchup on it. Oh my god! I mean, he's got the same culinary standards as my younger brother when he was eight. <laughs> before we talked about all that shit that was like what are you doing it's taste this meat why be a carnivore if you're not going to get a little blood in your teeth you know what i'm saying duncan yeah god it's like it's like oral sex during a woman's period man sometimes you just got to get in there and taste the blood mm -hmm. taste the blood Ta drink it down make yourself a man make uh, yourself a man <laughs> what are you are you my flavor flav now <laughs> flavor flav now <laughs> oh i'm getting you a big clock for christmas i can't wait to wait around money <laughs> i know yeah boy i'm so just gonna I mean... complain i'm just gonna constantly complain when people ask me what time it is why do they keep asking me <laughs> right god racists <laughs> i don't know why they would be rapists in that scenario or racist ra rapist racist <laughs> God. What time is it? Rape time. <laughs> rape time. Uh, working on um, some night rape. Um, <laughs> <the no. laughs> but so Audrey gets our, one of the most disturbing things I've ever heard on this show. <laughs> Just because I imagine that's what the person's singing while they're doing it. <laughs> Oh my god, that is horrifying. Dark. Dark as fuck. Oh, That's what sir. Leland was singing to Laura. Working on some night rape. <laughs> Woke last night to the sound of Bob. Um, 
So all right, we, all right, we got to finish this scene. All right, so <laughs> Nightfish, the musical coming soon. A, <laughs> a bold reimagining of Twin Peaks by Duncan McLeish and Bo Ransell. You thought you knew the story. You didn't know. Right, you thought wrong. <laughs> uh, oh, what a, uh, like a world, a world out of time, an adventure beyond imagination. Nightfish. Um, oh, so Bobby gets kicked out of the office, and Audrey saves him from being manhandled, at least. And he's like, "Hey, you keep saving my hide over here." <laughs> and she's like, "Honestly, if you keep using that voice, we're all gonna stop listening to this podcast." Um, <laughs> I'm no thinking. I'm no no feeling slightly upset. There was not not any more Bobby in this episode. This episode could do with more Bobby. Um, you're probably right. We get a little more <laughs> next episode though. Um, so anyway, we we go back to grilling um Agent Cooper, and Tales from the Hood is asking him like, "Hey." we got dead bodies across the border that coincided with the night you were there. And, you know, this whole thing, uh, seems real fishy and agent Cooper kind of puts it together. He's like, I'm being framed. And, uh, Clarence Williams, the third also says, Hey, we're bringing the DEA in as well, which will pay off in the next episode in a pretty wonderful way. Um, Mm -hmm. But Sheriff Truman kind of rolls in, and they're like, hey, we need to ask you some questions, too. And he's like, you're going to need to subpoena the fuck out of me. I'm not coming clean. <laughs> Fucking feds. And then he, like, knocks their little TV off the table and takes a gun, and he shoots Clarence Williams III. Clarence Williams III is like, I'm, but I'm the devil. Um, <laughs> none of that happens. He's just... Gets, it, gets arrested, gets brought in, goes, just give me my fucking phone, Carl. Because he thinks uh, he's Clarence Bodiger. He's that, not he is not, but their first names are are Clarence, and that makes them related. Because yeah. um, <laughs> that's how that works. <laughs> yeah, I we're a pretty informative show. Like, it like if you can't get to school one day, just listen to one of these episodes, and you're going to learn plenty. Um, we ought to have. I mean, we already have badges. We we should have diplomas. If you get, or if you can somehow prove to us that you have listened to every podcast episode of Duncan and Bo go to Twin Peaks, I'm going to send you a fucking diploma. <laughs> Do uh, not try and seek employment with it, please. No. Well, give it a shot. Let me know how it goes, because maybe we can start <laughs> charging for them. Um, so anyway, uh, ba- basically all that's happening there is that like Sheriff Truman's on Agent Cooper's side. He's not volunteering any information ahead of the DEA showing up. So then we uh, cut to cheerleader tryouts, Duncan. <laughs> yeah, because what has happened is, in the interim, um, Dr. Jacoby and Big Ed have talked to school into allowing, as part of her uh, recovery, um, have talked to school into allowing Nadine to enroll as a student, even though she's 35. The most irresponsible decision made in twin peaks oh yeah because no one like they're allowing her to go back right which on some level right maybe let's play this through but at no point did they mention to the headmaster oh by the way she has hulk strength um and you know not only is she slightly mentally unhinged 
kind of looks like a Bond villain, has the eye patch, but she can also throw a human body <laughs> from one end of a play park to the other, which happens in the scene. Well, and therein lies the problem. Um, that you're basically saying we want to turn loose a a brain, if not damaged, uh, then certainly brain impaired. You know, she's not, I don't know that I would call her developmentally retarded, but she's banging on that door, Duncan. Like, if she ain't in that neighborhood, she's a street over. Yeah, I, I believe that the, the, the term they like to use is borderline bond. Um, yeah. Borderline. I feel like, <laughs> all right. I, I don't know why I'm all singy tonight. I don't know what's happening today. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's because I'm working on Nightfish. Music is in yeah. my blood. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to, to break out of that sometimes. And you're, you're looking for ways into the material all the time, Duncan. Um, the song Borderline, I don't think is the way to go. So <laughs> I've decided our <laughs> main executive decision, and it's that borderline is not going to be used anymore this episode, um, except at the end when I'll play it uh, as the, <laughs> the closing song. Um, yeah, so you're letting someone who is mentally impaired and also has coma Hulk strength just go bananas in a public high school this seems like a poor decision but eh, what do i know i've uh i've never been a school administrator uh despite a number of rumors to the contrary um <laughs> but the law saw to that bull uh, <laughs> oh boy i remember the days when i could go near a school um <laughs> so so Nadine is, uh, because she is being allowed to walk amongst the normies, um, decides that she wants to go for cheerleader tryouts, which if we remember back to, you know, the stories she would she would tell uh, when she's alone with Ed, you know, she had a lot of um, inferiority when it came to, uh, a sense of inferiority when it came to Norma being, you know, the prettiest girl in school, and she was a cheerleader. And Nadine was always the girl that was kind of on the outside. And so now she's going back to high school to relive all these glories that she was never able to attain when she was a child. So theoretically, she is mentally regressing so that she can, you know, have a happy childhood. You know, it's a, a um, Tom Robbins the author, not Ooh. the actor, uh, had a great line in a book called uh, Still Life with Woodpecker, where he said it is never too late to have a happy childhood. And uh, and that is what Nadine is doing here. Um, yeah, I just realized that Adam Sandler ripped this off for Happy Gilmore. Not Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison. You ripped this fucker off. Yeah, well, he was clearly influenced by David Lynch in a number of films. Oh, um, God, yeah. Um, he's got like Nudie Magazine Day. <laughs> do you you know what Nudie Magazine Day is pretty good. I I still think Stroke Book is the better term, but Stroke Book is the best thing ever. Um, I keep seeing movies uh pop up on Netflix that are like, hey, Adam Sandler's got a movie out now. Uh, yeah, because he, he he struck a deal with Netflix. I think it was a five or six movie deal, um, with Netflix. I think he's about four into it at the moment. 
I mean, sort just... of keep appearing. I, I think I think they've done a, a they did a thing on on it to say that I think of all the Netflix content, I think Adam Sandler stuff has been watched more than anything else, which is a depressing statement on the on the the culture, and it's why people like Donald Trump got elected, and why my country voted for Brexit. Um, when I say my country, not my country, but the collective countries. Yeah. The UK. People are watching Adam Sandler movies and laughing at them when they're not fucking funny. You know, it's interesting that a line from uh, Billy Madison has become true of Adam Sandler movies in general. <laughs> is it the one where you're, yeah, me got to have mercy on your soul? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Nowhere in that rambling, incoherent response did you even <laughs> approach an answer. Everyone in this room is a little dumber for having heard it. <laughs> I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> that is the experience of watching any Adam Sandler movie <laughs> after, say, 1998. Um, yeah, it's pretty good in Punch Strong Love, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's playing against type, which is is nice to see. Um, mm. And I'll go to bat for Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. But, yeah, that, but that's a dev, that's a different era. That's when that joke was funny. It's not funny now. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's too it's true. funny then. Those characters, you can't make a whole career out of that, right? Shabadoo he. That's <laughs> yeah, speak to him. <laughs> Just speak to speak to Jim Carrey. Uh, you oh. can't make a career out of that. Or, or Mike Myers. Um, He's doing there are, what there the Gong this. Show. The Mike, Mike Myers is hosting a game show, but he's hosting the game show as a character that he's created. Of course he is. Um, hold on. Is it the gong show? Oh, the gong? I thought you said the gonk. Uh, Tommy Maitland is the name of the host. Does sound like a host name. You, it certainly does. But it's Mike Myers in makeup. Oh, right. Um. Anyway, so that's your Mike Myers update. Yeah, I, <laughs> I kind of hope that he does a movie where he plays like this, like racially offensive Indian guru man. Um, I think oh, that that one might have legs. <laughs> that movie is a tough watch. Um, <laughs> I got through. That's the sound of a career ending. It really is. It's just like. How can you be so ridiculously unfunny in this movie when <laughs> I I mean I'll stand by uh so I married an axe murder. Well, see, this is what I was gonna say. Like uh, this this speaks to the hypocrisy of the world. <laughs> fucking do a racially <laughs> offensive fucking Scottish accent. Everyone's fucking fine with it. Do do like Austin Powers movies where you have a character called Fat Bastard who walks around with a fucking terrible Scottish accent. Do a cartoon character where you walk around like an ogre uh, who has a fucking terrible Scottish Holy accent. Holy shit, Everyone's you sounded so that. much like Shrek when you just said ogre. Do it again. I know, because I can do it. Ogres are like onions. You know what I mean? It's like, like you you have all these, right, all these things. Everyone's fucking fine with that. Do one Indian accent, shunned. <laughs> I swear to God, I, I just put it together, but you're like this show's tattooed Shrek. <laughs> fuck you bro <laughs> fuck you hard listeners fuck you know you what hard. to do um <laughs> yes kill bull no 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 <laughs> did i not mention the fondue 
the sea cheese or the night cheese the sea cheese i'm not i'm not not saying that i wish bad things to happen to bo hashtag night rape um oh sir (laughs) you'd love a bit of night rape i mean i prefer day rape but (laughs) beggars and choosers duncan beggars and choosers Uh, i like to see what's going in me um right like i want a good look at it i'm one of those people that like you know takes their socks off and whatnot (laughs) like i i I treat the occasion with with the respect it deserves it deserves yeah and then i'm like somebody get the sex towels shit's about to get gross um do you not do you not keep a sex towel no all right let me give you a little a little life hack here duncan when you're when you're making the sex when you're when you're making sex on someone (laughs) (laughs) what you do prior to you run some hot water and you you get yourself a towel like not a full length like beach towel or a bath towel but like a hand towel and you get that all wet in like super hot water and then you just put that by the bed, you get down to fucking, and when you're done, the, the towel will have cooled some, but it won't be cold. And you just give, you know, again, to quote Mike Myers, give the twig and berries a bit of the old house your father. <laughs> and and clean yourself up so that you're not laying in a pool of just semen and discharge, and there's probably a little urine in there, too. I just... <laughs> Call me old-fashioned, but I just go for a shower. <laughs> I ain't got time to take a shower ever after every fucking idea. I ain't got I time do. for no fucking shower, goddammit. Take a shower, goddammit. <laughs> goddammit. Uh, fuck it. Uh, uh, what? What's a up? shower? Had, hadn't anybody ever told you about goddamn sex towel? Uh, <laughs> Wilford Brimley sex towel. That's the name of my new fucking disgusting, dirty industrial site project. <laughs> <laughs> That that should be the next big sponsor for this show. <laughs> Wilford Brimley sex towels. Yeah, with his face right on it. <laughs> and it, already pre they're pre moistened like those things you get at KFC to wipe your fingers. Right, and then you just have lettering curved around his face that says "Clean up, goddammit. <laughs> You've heard me talk before about diabetes. Well. There's another scourge on this nation. That scourge is laying around in puddles of filth after sex. If you're if you're having sweet, sweet, sweet sex. What's I don't care, goddammit. The last time I had sex was 1964, goddammit. 1964? What? I, I had sex four hours ago. Diabetes <laughs> sex. The dirtiest sex there is. And when I have <laughs> diabetes sex... I got. I use one of my patented sex towels. Clean that up. Get under the carriage a little bit, right under the sack. Maybe go around, go around the back. Take care of the little winker back there. <laughs> Diabetes sex is the only sort of sex that you can have where afterwards you medically have to have a limb removed. <laughs> right, like you. Someone has to give you Reese's pieces stat. <laughs> Diabetes. Oh my god, I just had diabetes sex. Somebody get me a Hershey Epi. God damn it. 
Nope, nope. I don't even know. I don't even know where we are talking about this show anymore. <laughs> oh, I know. So uh, Nadine is trying out. Uh, I felt so, so happy lost. about that. I was so proud. I was like, I know where we are. <laughs> it's been so long since we talked about this show. All right. Well, here's the dirty secret. Here's why. Because there's no way we're getting through two episodes on the on this show, no, so <laughs> no, it, we have gone too far. Uh, <laughs> it's because we said at the start we were going to keep on point, laser precision. As soon as you say that, the nonsense comes out. I you point to one thing in this episode that can be described as nonsense, sir. I challenge you. Working on the night fish. Right. You started it. You started it. I started with night fish. You're saying that you all brought right, the right. you brought the the soulful, sweet, sexy singing voice of Bo Ransdell on this show, and then it descended into chaos. I, you know what? It that it is truly my fault. Uh, sometimes you just you have an instrument and you're so excited to use it that you forget the impact it's going to have. You're like some sort of weird, sexy podcast siren. <laughs> I it, it look your lips to God's ear. All right, it's been said before. Um, oh, right, Nadine, she's a cheerleader. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And she like and during the tryouts because everyone in this town is irresponsible. She immediately tosses a human being. <laughs> like actually, a not, not just a like a like a short distance. She launches him. Yeah. It, yeah, it's like a, if Nadine were a t-shirt cannon, and this young man were a a carefully rolled uh, swag t-shirt being launched into a crowd at an amphitheater. Um, yeah, he, he goes flying, and nobody is like, holy shit, you almost killed him. Instead, they're like, you're going to be a hell of a cheerleader, Nadine. Yeah. She's like, yay, me! <laughs> should be locked up um but she's not instead she is allowed to just wander free like a beast she's celebrated yeah like she is getting uh positive reinforcement for negative behaviors is what we call that in the apa duncan as you'll remember from our discussions on previous shows that is the american psychiatric institute of america <laughs> The psychiatrically, the psyops, the cinema psyops. Um, yeah. all right, so anyway, enough Nadine for right now. We yeah, heard your voicemail on their show, by the way, Dis disapproved and disagreed with everything that was in it. Look, I, I made some suggestions, that was all, and uh, there appears to be a bit of a brouhaha between <laughs> uh, the cinema psyops and the the Hail Ming Power Hour. Yeah. I'm not it did not feel like you were you were stoking the fires here to to to, to boost ratings at all. No, I am not. <laughs> oh, Duncan, <laughs> when have I ever done anything smart for this business? Um, <laughs> I challenge you. Uh, you know, like I said, I'm I'm staying out of it. Listeners can decide for themselves. All I'm saying is, you give them both a listen. You see which one, uh, which side you come down on in that debate, but. Uh, the artwork alone has been fantastic, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm, I'm on board. Um, all right. So we go back to the Johnson household uh, for no good reason, other than, 
like Bobby is like, hey, I think I got some money over here. And <laughs> although we don't hear his voice, no, we should though because it's we, should, we totally should. Um, yeah, it's, he, he's running late. He's been away all day. Shelley's a bit annoyed. She's brushing Leo's teeth while she's on the phone. Leo's chair moves. She acknowledges that Leo's chair has moved. Um, and that's the end of that scene. Yep. And then we've got another scene that uh, you couldn't possibly care about, care about where um, Norma is talking to her mom who cruised into town in the last episode with her oh, deadbeat, yeah. uh new husband, who it turns out is a former cellmate and or just prison friend. You know, prison friends, Duncan. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like camp I'll friends. be there for you. You always say, <laughs> I'm going to write to my prison friends. Yeah. And you just never do. You just never get around you know, to You it. know fine well that Hank was a Phoebe. A what? A Phoebe. A Phoebe? Yeah, friends. Oh, like I the character. sang the fucking, oh dear God. <laughs> I, no, I was just, I, I, I thought like a Phoebe was slang for something. <laughs> I don't know why I bother. I don't know why. <laughs> Oh, for the glory, kid. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) fortune and glory, fortune and glory. Um, So, Norma's mom is like, hey, you seem kind of bummed. And Norma is like, yeah, that empty schmertz or whatever. Uh, the, (laughs) The stupid food reviewer. Yeah, that, from how many episodes ago? Like uh, seven? Uh, yeah, I mean, again, who cares? Um, yeah. So the food reviewer uh, gave him a kind of a middling review, just like, hey, if you want good food, that's about all you're going to get at the, the double R. And yeah. which, in my mind, is like, man, I bet those mashed potatoes came from the double R, and those look delicious. <laughs> totally. You back You back that up with some corn on the cob and some of that ham, now we're talking. Um, oh man, I love corn on the cob. Anyway, um, <laughs> mostly because I, I like the cob as a weapon, as the film Sleepwalkers has shown us. Um, <laughs> I thought you just liked it, like as a, a as a tool to smack the hands of anyone else reaching for the ham. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I but you know what? I like the mini corn on the cobs that you get, like when somebody takes a, a corn. I think is mm-hmm. what they're called, a corn. <laughs> And just breaks it in half, and they're like, "Look, now we got two small corns." Yeah, and I like those because uh, it, it feels like if you eat two of them, that you're being indulgent. Um, but it's really just one corn, just broken half. Um, <laughs> by the way, kids, if you're listening to this instead of going to school, as I suggested earlier, you just passed agriculture. So you've also lost seven IQ points. <laughs> Go to your teacher and tell them like how much you like corns. Um, I like a corn, but sometimes I like to have two corns. Um, it's a good way. It's a good way to work it. It's a good way to learn fractions. Is you have a corn. Uh, I got Break one that corn. corn in half. How many halves do you have? You I have two halves. I got two you halves of one corn. corn, which gives me two yeah. corns. Yes. It's bad math. Oh, um, and but... kids, you just knocked out algebra. So, mm-hmm. well done. You're well on your way to a degree in any of the finer retail establishments. <laughs> um, 
so the point is that Norma is bitching about this review she got, and she should be thinking her lucky stars that anybody is reviewing the double R. I mean, it looks fine, and we know they've got a damn fine cup of coffee and they got great pie, and that's all you mm-hmm. need for a diner. And then uh, her mother is like, but I'm M.T. Sh- Schmelzen first. Yeah, the, one of the worst reviews ever. It's one of the worst reviews since, you know, Mr. Tojimura. Because all this character has done since arriving in Twin, Twin Peaks is tell you what they think of the food they're eating. So at no point are you ever going to imagine that this person could potentially be the critic. It's just a shite. And t- t- a storyline I'd forgotten all about. I was like, oh, we're still doing this, so good. Yeah, it's still it's still going on. It's still happening. Um, and so she basically tells her mother to get the hell out of town. Yeah. And tells her to get her ass to Mars. Get your ass to Mars, mother. <laughs> should we should we just do a Schwarzenegger voice for for Norma from now on? <laughs> yeah. Clark O'Hagan. Yeah. Um. I. Look, I'm the owner of this diner. <laughs> I have a quarto. Uh, it helps me clean the tables. Open your mind. Open your mind. Have some pie. <laughs> have some pie. Have some pie. It's the greatest thing we've ever done on this show. It's pretty so good. I'm proud of myself right now. Again, again, this, this episode's a winner. We're only doing one episode, and it's already a winner. Um, yeah, this is the best episode we've done, hands down. So let's check in with Hank and Norma's mother's husband. Yeah. And uh, Hank is as camoed out as you can get and still be visible on screen. Yeah. <laughs> He looks like every kid in 1990. Uh, yeah, it looks it looks like he's been shopping at that army surplus shop and falling down. Right. Hey, can you give me something that makes me invisible if I were in the army? <laughs> Given the floral background of this room, this is a poor choice. Um... <laughs> So. Yes, yeah, so they've 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 um, snuck out under the guise of a hunting trip to make their way up to um, One Eye Jacks um, to what appears to be uh, start a bit of a long con bow. Yeah, they're pretty smart individuals, uh, and they're meeting there with Jean Renault, and Hank is kind of the end to Jean Renault. And he's introducing, is his name Eddie? I keep wanting to call him Eddie, even if his name isn't Eddie. We'll call him Eddie. All right, Eddie so Spaghetti. Eddie Spaghetti, uh, <laughs> who, who could, like, if if they did a Broadway version of the Richard Kind story, <laughs> Eddie Spaghetti could play Richard Kind. <laughs> oh god that's funny. <laughs> and oh. so they're they're making a deal with Jean Renault and uh where they're they're going to distribute uh some some drugs some some ganks some skag some yayo some uh booger sugar some clean burning propane and there's a suitcase 
Uh, like, it's one of those metal suitcases that whenever you open it, it's just stacked full of money. Mm-hmm. Except in this case, it's half full of bags of heroin. Yeah. And it's like, could you, I don't know, maybe put some socks in there or something so this doesn't roll around all over the yeah. place? Pack it up a bit better. But what's quite interesting about this one is who brings the suitcase over, Bo? Well, it's our Mountie. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, our, our Royal Canadian Mounted police filthy uh, canuck bastard i mean all canadians are suspect <laughs> this guy is just proving the stereotype that you don't want him to prove you know um although all credit to david lynch this guy's this guy says about like i see about yeah um but so. still it's a bunch of syrup monkeys trying to get americans in <laughs> trouble and i don't i won't stand for it duncan uh, but it, it's once again Jean Renault saying, "This Agent Cooper, I want him crushed under my heel, no?" And uh, the Mountie is like, "Yeah, whatever. I don't really have any lines in this scene, so I'm just gonna leave." And <laughs> kind of looks about to say, "No one wrote lines." <laughs> yeah, it, for a second there, he just kind of looks around like, "So do I? Do I just go? Just go? Okay." <laughs> he looks at Michael Parks and is like. Thinks out loud through his stare. That's the accent they've given you in this scene. That's not a very good French accent. You are awful. And I'm Canadian. That's a mistake. Hey, so I was listening to how you were talking, eh? And I don't think it's any good. Uh, have you thought of maybe listening to some other Canadians? And he's like, fuck you. Um, I'm Michael Parks. Hey, I'm Michael Parks over here. But I'm talking like Bobby Briggs because that's how good I am. Um, <laughs> oh, this is so confusing. We're gonna need timelines. I don't and even. Yeah, well, there's so many characters and accents in there that I, I don't. I don't know what's going on. And well, here's old Jimmy Stewart. Uh, anyway, <laughs> sorry. It's my Sheriff Truman from now on. Well, Joseph. <laughs> uh, anyway, speaking of Josie Packard, uh, she shows up at Sheriff Truman's door, mm-hmm. and is like all staggering around. Like, looks like she's been you know, uh, beating the bushes, trying to g- get away from someone or something is all kind of jacked up. And she like, she knocks on the door, he answers it. And she just does the thing where she just falls into his arms. Like the last bit of strength I used to knock on your door, you know? And he immediately just starts going after her too, which mm-hmm. is my favorite part of that scene of just like, you look like shit. Meanwhile, you're still Joan Chin and I'm going to kiss all over you. Cause I'm Hashtag night rape. <laughs> Hashtag night rape. Um, <laughs> night rape. I woke last night to the sound of Josie. Uh, <laughs> seriously, listeners, you try it. It's fun. Um, <laughs> Please don't say it out loud in company. Don't. Yeah, you don't want to. Do in your head. In your head. Do not be at work listening to this show. And and taking the bounty that we have given unto you, mm-hmm. which is to insert night rape into the song Night Moves. Yeah. And find yourself singing night rape because someone in your office is going to report you to HR. Yeah. D- don't do it in company. Do it by yourself or to, to a child. <laughs> Not to a child. Oh, sorry. Not to a child, bo. To, to your dog or your cat. 
and look at the and look at their face, quizzically look at you while they don't understand the words you're singing to them. Oh, my cat knows the word rave. <laughs> something it's called it many times. Um... <laughs> some things <laughs> they just pick up on. You know, you say a thing enough, and they're like, "Oh, I know what that means. I'm running." Uh, <laughs> it's like I dated a girl that you couldn't say the word pizza around because the dog would go nuts knowing that pizza was on its way. <laughs> same thing here um all right let's get out to the woods where we can really get into some night rape um because yeah, the... The, the most interesting thing of the whole episode well the most important thing of the whole whole episode happens here it i would say it's the most important and the most interesting because it is agent cooper and the major just kind of kick kicking around the old peanut talking about life and the universe and everything Cooking some marshmallows over the open fire. Right, just like this is much like the table of wonder that we talked about at the roadhouse with all the detectives. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of okay if you insert Deputy Hawk into this scene. And have him, the Major, and Agent Cooper just talking about, you know, the mystical shit of Twin Peaks would be... Mm -hmm pretty great um and so this is the first time we hear mention of the white lodge bowl yes and i was i was just coming to that duncan thank you for uh uh, trampling all over it it, really yeah i Um, i wanted to say white lodge bowl white lodge white Uh, lodge bowl white lodge um when you say it, it makes you sound like you're poshly saying quite large. Quite large. <laughs> oh, he was a, most he was honorable Whitelodge. <laughs> he was a quite large fellow. He had crisps on him. <laughs> I, I asked him, where did you get those crisps? And he said, I obtained them. From the White Lodge. Bloody uh, a suit. Because um, we're we are apparently descended at Hannibal Lecter territory, so I'm pulling us back from that. Yeah, so they're just chatting, and um, they mention Bob first, so the conversation goes on to, you know, Agent Cooper says that since the events, he's, you know, he's concerned, he finds himself thinking more and more about Bob, and the Major chimes in saying that he's very much the same since the events of Hannibal, since the horrible things he's thinking about as well. And has Agent Cooper ever heard of the White Lodge and in comical fashion within Twin Peaks Agent Cooper's like no but the call of nature has sprung upon us and I'm going to go away and in classic horror um, sort of tropes here I'm going to be right back and when I come back we'll chat about this and everything's great so he goes off, he goes off for a pee and um, there's an owl in the tree bow and the owl watches him pee so once let's just start by saying perfect owl yeah, yeah, accurate. Yeah, probably uses the old uh, Yukon sucker punch, if you know what I mean. That eight inches of whoo! Um, the black Yukon so, sucker punch? Yep, eight inches of who, baby. Uh, eight, eight inches of who. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> um, so th- this this pervert old stares at him pee. And um, as he's walking back to the major... And a scene which is very X Files, eh? Yeah, that's right, X Files. You ripped this off, motherfucker. Um, 
let alone the fact that the major is also in the X Files uh, as Scully's dad and plays pretty much the same role. So I'm just saying, just saying. Um, either typecast or stolen, you decide. And as he's walking back, there is this light. Um, the major calls on him, and the, there appears to be someone standing in the light. As the light fades, the major is gone. Coop has lost the major, Bo. He's lost the major. Yeah, and so we actually closed the show uh, where Twin, or not Twin Peaks, but where X-Files opens. Yeah, uh, exactly. So we're starting from the next episode forward. Uh, yep. We're going back to the X Files. We're gonna go. We're yeah, gonna start so- at season one. <laughs> so there's a, a bright light and swirling leaves. <laughs> See, in if a we forest. just went on to do the X Files, it'd be the greatest thing. Ever. <laughs> and then, and then at series seven, where they do the Millennium crossover, we could jump into Millennium and just run the, that it would work so so well it works so, so basically this episode finishes with a major disappearance bow oh sir <laughs> working on some night puns <laughs> night puns um <laughs> it's woke last night uh, yeah. to the sound of Duncan. uh all right <laughs> so so yeah we, we we close out with you know a mention of something called the White Lodge. We don't know what it is, Bo, but we, we suspect it, it could hold some potential importance for maybe the rest of the season, potentially. Yeah. Um, and the, the Major vanishes. Yeah, it... Oh, it fucking better. Um, <laughs> Alright, all right, so Duncan, that is episode 10? And we are going to cut the show a little short, by which I mean only two hours. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I think depending on how busy your schedule is, Bo, maybe we reconvene over the weekend, knock another episode out. That's what I'm thinking. We've only got one more uh, to kind of catch us back up. Uh, ordinarily, we would continue, but listeners, I, uh, to peel back the curtains a little bit, I got about 20 minutes before I have to talk about the movie Grizzly on another oh, podcast that, that takes precedent because that's actually good that movie is so good um it's the jawsiest jaws ripoff that ever jaws and i love it <laughs> for that um at any rate so uh check out jeffrey x martin's the food chain podcast and you can hear me talk about the movie grizzly um but more importantly duncan uh or equally mm-hmm. importantly let's not sell you know, look you know this has been the fun ep- this has been one of the fun ones let's put it this way I'd, i've had a ton of fun doing this episode um the, the actual episode itself is not a great episode um it's coming off one of the best episodes of twin peaks yeah. so you're, you're going to expect that like kind of lull the show is now trying to find its feet again trying to find its voice um and i like to think that we will maybe have motivated you to go back and check this episode out and just think of all the voices we're doing right uh, on the show to get you through it. I'm, I'm very pleased with the Bobby voice. Um, yep, that's a good addition. That's a good addition. Uh, I, I think that feels good. Uh, I like the fact that we are an episode away from even more X-Files tie-ins. Oh, um, one of the greatest things ever. It's pretty damn good. Um, mm. Yeah, so... 
Yeah, there's a lot of, like, you know, as we have mentioned all throughout the episode, there's a lot of resetting the table in this episode now that the Laura Palmer situation is resolved. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, it, it is definitely, I will say this about this episode, it is definitely indicative of the rest of the season. Yeah, I, th- I think so. There there are flashes of of the kind of darker origins of the show kind of spice throughout but for the most part this is the tone that we're going with um what i would say something i mentioned to both today and i think it's i think it's kind of important that we we kind of get this launched out quick and now um for those that are waiting off to watch a new season of twin peaks with us or those that are racing ahead only to come jumping back to follow the the works that we're doing just now i've been advised by a very trustworthy source that to get the full benefit out of the new season and also to an extent get a lot of the references that we will be making as we start trundling through that new season of Twin Peaks that you really need to check out the book that came out last year by Mark Frost called The Secret World of Twin Peaks apparently a lot of the things that I've already seen in the new series of the show which were names that I didn't mean anything to me are detailed out with a bit more of a backstory etc in that novel so if you can get your hands on it or get your hands on audiobook version of it um do your homework chase yourself up because i know i am and i I can pretty much guarantee bo will be as well so um we're going to start throwing references out which i imagine we will very much what we did with true detective and stuff we're going to get ball deep um and into the into the the new season because that's really what we're doing all this is a precursor to the new season so when we start delving into all that it would be good if you guys were on the same page so if you can get your hands on a copy do that now it gives you a bit of time to read through it. i don't think it's a particularly big book but gives you an opportunity to catch up with that whilst we're running through the rest of these episodes over the next six weeks yeah uh you'll know it by the blurb on the back from james hurley uh which <laughs> just says <laughs> This book doesn't look like Laura. And... We didn't have any James in this episode at all. We did have Donna complaining that James wasn't in the episode. And for the first time, I hated Donna on the show. <laughs> yeah, where you're just like, Donna, shut up. He'll come back. He's like, sick. he's like Candyman. You say his name three times. He tells you you don't look like Laura in the mirror. <laughs> right, right. Leaps out it's of like the some... mirror and sings a it, bad it's song. It's like some sort of weird version of Sleeping Beauty. Uh, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the fairest of them all? You don't look like Laura. <laughs> Laura's the fairest, but you don't look like Laura, so it's not you. And then he just disappears. Alternative um, Disney. Alternative Disney. Yeah, like uh, they're doing all that shit with Disney princesses and stuff now. Like we we ought to get in on some of that action. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but <Steady now. laughs> uh, well, that's not what I meant. But I'm for it. <laughs> nonetheless uh that's why i'm not that's yeah. why i can't go to the schools um <laughs> this has been good i've enjoyed this episode people should I, listen to more of them yes you should re- rate us and review us on itunes yeah all of those things that you say i know i don't know why i'm like dragging my feet i'm the one who's got to go do something uh you've just got to go to stupid sleep like a human um <laughs> <laughs> mr data behave oh mr data hello so- mr data Someone can go all night long engage. <laughs> uh, so anyway, hey, Mr. Data, engage my papa. By the way, uh, another shout out uh, to Darren Wilson for the James Follows poster, which was a thing of beauty. 
It's one of the greatest things that's happened on the internet. I applaud you, sir. Yeah, well done. Thanks to everyone, including that son of a bitch, Jason Gray, for bringing up Ben Lorries again. Um, yeah. Basically, everyone who's listening to the show and has been, uh, I like to think laughing with us, but let's be honest. Um, <laughs> so it's just, it's a train, a train wreck, a dumpster fire, whatever your analogy of choice is that you can't look away from. But thank you uh, for following us this far. And, and there's more to come, obviously. We got a whole nother back end of season two, and then we get into homework assignments and eventually this is just going to be the worst slog you ever heard but we're not there yet that's the important thing to know um, this, this show like I, I realized today that twin peaks the new season finishes in september bro <laughs> so we're doing this to september yeah Let but thinking <laughs> you know what i i am i'm good with that i like I, that that is a that is enough of a short-term commitment that it feels like i'm doing something but also isn't that long. Yeah, we started in February, bro. Um. <laughs> February, it's well, like they, they uh, always say, the February to September romances. Uh, this, is what this is exactly what they say, and this is what they mean. Yes. Uh, so thank you, everyone, for listening and, uh, and for continuing to turn out on the Facebook pages, which are Legion Podcasts, uh, that Facebook page, as well as the, uh, the podcast Under the Stairs um both of those places you can reach us and we're kind of keeping an eye out for twin peaks related foo and hoot nannies <laughs> and the the occasional shindig so yeah uh, poppycock yeah so look for another episode to pop up a little bit sooner um with the back end of our usual two-parter and then we'll be back on on uh two episode uh stretches so um, that's it. Duncan, you got anything else to add? No, just thank you very much to everyone for checking out the show. All the love and support. Look forward to coming back. Take care. All right. Uh, good night, everyone. Night fish for everyone. Yep. Working on the night rape. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, night it's rape. my new mantra. <laughs> I'm a little too tall. Could have used a few pounds. Tight pants, points, hollering down. She was a black-haired beauty with big dark eyes and points all her own, sudden way up high, way up firm and high. Out past the cornfields where the woods got heavy. Out in the back seat of my '60 Chevy. Working on mysteries without any clues Working on our night moves Trying to make some front page driving news Working on our night moves In the summertime Some pie in the sky, some. We were just young and restless and bored, living by the sword. And we steal away every chance we could to the back room to the
valley of the trusty woods I used to shield me but neither one cared We were getting our share Working on our nightmares Trying to lose the awkward teenage blues Working on our nightmares mm-hmm. And it was summertime mm-hmm. Sweet summertime, summertime And it's funny how the night moves When you just don't seem to have as much to lose Strange how the night moves With autumn closing in 